Welcome in to NRG Stadium, the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm Mark Vandermeer as we bring you Texans All Access tonight, and it's going to be a fun one. Getting to know your Texans a whole lot better. We'll hear from Bill O'Brien in just a few moments. You know him well. Jordan Akins meets the media. Jordan Akins meets John Harris. Lamar Miller talks to D.P. Sidhu. Later on, Darren Fells and D.P. Sidhu. We've got Roderick Johnson, the left tackle. What's he like? We'll let you know. We'll dive deep with Drew Doherty, and then get Drew and Johnny here in studio somehow. I'm going to ambush them as they're about to record in the lab. They don't even know this yet. So let's get to it all, starting with Texans Audio Jukebox as we round up what happened at practice today at the Houston Methodist Training Center. Texans Audio Jukebox! And we begin with head coach Bill O'Brien, who after practice was asked about a bunch of things, including offensive lineman Senil Calamete playing some guard for his team how has he been in camp? He's had a good camp. He's a very versatile player. He's done a good job. He's had a good camp. Yeah, he can play a lot of different spots. It's good. It's good to have a guy like that. He certainly can. And again, the O-line, a lot of mixing and matching. I think the five they're going with this week. I said this in previous weeks. You ideally wanted the five out there that could be out there against the Saints. Now, the issue is... You have Titus Howard a little nicked up. You have Matt Khalil going through whatever he's going through. So you're going to want those guys, those five out there, ideally by next week and certainly the week after to get you ramped up for the game. It's not like plug and play with some of these guys because they haven't played a regular season game as a group. Now let's talk about Duke Johnson. He was at practice today, and it was good to see the former Miami Hurricane running back out there, the Cleveland Brown, who was acquired in a trade Duke Johnson. Here's Bill O'Brien on the new back. It's great to have him out here. He's a good addition to the team, good in the passing game, good runner, had some good plays today. Good to have him out there. Good pass receiver, just a natural catcher of the football. That's my assessment. That's my John Harris XO assessment of Duke Johnson. Just the ball belongs in his hands. It just looks natural when he catches it. And he also, Bill O'Brien, also goes over why Duke Johnson was a good addition to this football team. He's a very instinctive player, good player, good hands, good route runner, does a good job. All right, not a lot of elaboration there, but you get it. Now, what about this comment about Jordan Akins, one of the Jordans, peanut butter and jelly, he's the jelly. That's right, the nickname for the Jordans is peanut butter and jelly. Bill O'Brien says Akins adds a lot to the Texans' attack. He's a valuable guy. He's, he does a lot of different things. I mean, you just said it. You know, he, uh, he's a good route runner. He's getting better as a blocker. He does a good job. All right, now let's talk about Jordan Akins a little bit because he was a big subject today, and Akins met with the media afterwards. Talks about the fact that he played a lot of positions when he was coming coming of age in the game of football, which has helped his development. I started out as a running back, then I moved to tight end, then I moved to quarterback, and always played both sides of the ball. So I started out as a uh, linebacker and moved to uh, safety and even played some corner. And even played some baseball. As you all know, he was a professional baseball player. And he also loves the matchups he gets in certain situations out there as a receiver. It's definitely a mismatch. And, you know, um, if I can stack them, I can use my speed and my, you know, my size. He was talking specifically about cornerbacks in that cut. Now, he's comfortable filling in in the backfield. And he has his brother to thank for that, he says. I really studied my brother growing up. Um, my brother was like one of the best running backs I've ever seen in my life. So, um, you know, I always try to mimic everything. Um, it, it really taught me vision, um, taught me a lot of lanes, you know, uh, yeah. how to read the lanes and how to read the field. 
how to read um, some of the linebackers, you know, uh, tilting and coming downhill. So um, I think it, you know, it's a, it's a big advantage to me. And, yeah. you know, it, I kind of get ahead of the game. My brother is a venture capitalist, and sometimes I feel like I should have mimicked him a little bit, but that's another story for another day. What about a former Texans running back who helped him learn how to play some fullback when necessary because that's part of a tight end's job description from time to time? Alfred Blue did a really good job with me um, teaching me how to read the lanes as a fullback and how to block it. Um, I'm a lot more comfortable as lining up as a fullback, and um, you know I work on my power and my speed uh, coming out the backfield this all season. So, you know I'm pretty comfortable. All right, little shout out there to Alfred Blue. Now, what about areas where he's feeling better entering his second campaign? Such a big difference between year one and year two for these players. Knowing my assignments, um, knowing what to line, how to line, especially in multiple positions, and that gives me an advantage to play fast and use my speed and size. All right, Jordan Akins, a little bit of audio jukebox on him. One more, Buddy Howell, who had the big night against the Detroit Lions, and Bill O'Brien said yesterday, you want to see it again. You want him to do it again, and maybe he can against the Cowboys. We'll see when they put him in the game, but Buddy Howell was certainly noticeable. Over 80 yards and 15 carries, had a touchdown in the fourth quarter against the Lions at NRG Stadium. Howell talked about... Duke Johnson, what he brings to the lineup. He's a stable mate in the backfield, in the running back position group. The first person in trouble because he's not the person that's going to get tackled by the first person. He got a lot of moves in his toolbox, and he knows how to make people miss, and he's very elusive. So it's just exciting because when he makes moves, a lot of people can't make the moves he makes. So it's pretty interesting, and it's pretty dope because he's been doing that for a long time. So I'm just ready to see it in live action. All right, Duke Johnson, a former Hurricane. Now, Buddy Howe wasn't. He went to FAU, Florida Atlantic University, but he's from South Florida, so you feel like there's a little kinship going on there. And Howe says competition is good for everybody, no animosity in the running back battle. When you look at the group, you can tell there's a lot of guys who's capable of getting a job done, and that's what we preach, and we, we make sure we hold each other accountable, just like Coach DB hold us accountable. We don't want nobody... It's not a situation where I'm like, I want him to mess up. I want him to do that because that's, that's kind of like hating. I really want all of us to be successful and all of us to go out there and be effective. So we basically help each other and we give each other tips and it's a brotherhood. One more here from Buddy Howe. Doesn't worry about the roster situation. He knows that if he battles hard, he has a good chance to make it. Nothing's counted on, but he knows he has to continue to concentrate on special teams and running the ball well doesn't hurt either. Even if you have a solidified spot, you can't slack off. Just like Lamar, he's going to push himself each and every day because it's always somebody that's behind you and always, and in this league, it's always somebody can can replace you. So, honestly, to me, I just, I'm just grateful to be here, and I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to show myself and work hard as I can and give them everything I got. So, at the end of the day, you know, I'm just grateful, man. I'm just having fun, and I don't really think too much about no roster spots and all that stuff because at the end of the day, I can't control it. I can only control what I control and what I do on the field, and I'm just here. Have a good time. Buddy Howe, try to stay loose, try to be humble and make this football team again. I think a guy who's a pretty good lock to make the football team is Lamar Miller, coming off a really productive season. Had that 97-yard run on Monday Night Football. He just looked great. Highest yard per carry average in his career. D.P. Sidhu visited with Lamar. Lamar, year eight for you. How have you felt about the work you've put in so far this offseason and in camp? Right now, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I think... Uh, all the work that I put in this offseason, you know, paying off. I'm feeling good. I think the coach has been doing a great job taking care of me. So uh, outside of that, you know, I've been feeling good. 
All right, so we've seen you pretty much every day out in camp. We haven't seen you at all during the preseason. So how hard is that to be on the sidelines watching the game? Are you ready to get in there and get some game reps? Or do you like to sort of sit back and observe? You know, uh, it depends. You know, it go, it go both ways. But, of course, I want to go out there and compete with my teammates. You know, just seeing them go, go out there and battle. Um, you know, I want to be out there as well. So, um, you know, right now, um, the co- whatever the coaches tell me to do, that's what I'm going to do. So, um, yeah. It's an important balance, staying healthy and getting your game reps. Is that a conversation you have with the coaches? How do you manage that? Uh, I really don't have a conversation with them. They just told me that they make sure that they be smart with me, uh, making, sure, making sure that I'm ready for the season. So uh, I'm taking that approach. So um, when I'm out in practice, I'm just trying to get better and just try to push myself to be you know, in great condition. So what do you think of the young guys? I saw you uh, after the, during the game. Buddy Howell scores a touchdown. You celebrated with them. Uh, Crockett in the first game had a nice touchdown run. Yes. What have you thought about the young guys so far? I think they've been doing a great job. You know, they're taking advantage of the opportunity. You know, whatever the coach has been telling them to do throughout the week, you know, they've been putting it on film, and they've been running the ball pretty hard. So, you know, that's something that stood out to me. You know, uh, they never let the first guy tackle them. So they've been running the ball pretty hard and taking taking advantage of the opportunity. You guys have been doing joint practices with other teams, but how different is it to actually get those reps in a game versus doing it in joint practice? Or is it pretty similar this time of year? Uh, it's pretty much similar. Uh, you know, you know the guys that you're facing because you practice with them throughout the course of the week. So you know what type of, you know, uh, I know for us as running back, we know what top, type of linebackers that we will be facing, whether it's blitzing or shooting a gap when, they, um, when we're running the ball. So um, you get a feel for them. Um, so, yeah. One guy you're very familiar with, Duke Johnson. He hasn't started practicing yet, but he's been here. You've known him since before he even signed with the Texans. Bill O'Brien said he talked to you about him, talked to Andre Johnson. What does he bring to this run back, running backs group? I think he brings a lot of, you know, uh, excitement, big plays. You know, he's a guy who can run the ball, and he can catch the ball out of the backfield as well. So, you know, it just brings another playmaker to this offense, and I'm just looking forward to working with him. I was reading an article that Frank Gore, you used to train with Frank Gore. You still do in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And Frank Gore talked about how you like to train with some of the younger guys, one of them being Duke Johnson. So you like to train with veterans and younger guys. What does each sort of bring to your game in the offseason? Yes, you know, I like to, I like to miss it, uh, miss it up, you know, uh, just um, working out with guys like Frank Gore, who've been in the league for a long period of time, you take little advice for him and try to uh, put that into your routine or your game. And just going uh, competing against the younger guys, you know, um, they're younger, so you know they have a lot of energy. So it just helps push you and balance, you know, your routine. All right. So if you guys got into a foot race, all the running backs who would win? Me, of course. I was like, I feel like I kind of know the answer to that. Yeah, me. All right, you guys, uh, the Miami guys now, your little group, Andre Johnson, you and Duke, the season's starting this Saturday. You guys going to have a little watch party? Got any bets going on? How's that? I'm not sure because we play the same day. That's true. So we play on Saturday, and they play on Saturday as well. So I'm pretty sure we got, we got to find a way to, you know, try to watch the game. So Throughout the season, you guys have to come up with a plan. Oh, yeah, during the season, I'm pretty sure we'll probably get together and watch the game. Just, you know, uh, I don't know, yeah. Some friendly rivalries, I'm sure, will pop up yeah, throughout the course, season. Of course, of course. Some of my friends texting me right now, and they're trying to do something for Saturday. So it's a lot of bragging rights. So, yeah. All right, good stuff. Thanks so much, Lamar. Uh, no problem. Thank you. DP City with Lamar Miller. Now, we heard from Jordan Akins earlier, but let's get to know him in a different way, shall we? John Harris does this thing on video called The 40, and it's Fun Radio 2. Johnny with Jordan Akins. All right, training camp day number 35,000 or so, it seems. I got my man right here, Jordan Akins. And, Jordan, we always 
start with this question. Now, Jordan Thomas called you out a little bit on this, so I got to get the truth. Okay. It's the fastest 40 you ever ran. 455. Okay. He said you didn't run at the combine. I did not. Okay. You ran at your pro day. 455? I did not run at pro day. That, uh, that, was, that was when I was training in Dallas at MJP. Four, I tore my hammy off the bone oh. training for like a week before uh, the combine. So let's get into this peanut butter and jelly thing real fast. We got to settle this. Because I asked him yesterday about peanut butter and jelly, and both y'all are claiming peanut butter. And I tend to agree with you a little bit more. I get your idea about peanut butter. He seems more jelly, but he's claiming peanut butter. You got to settle it for the people. I'm, I'm peanut butter. JT, he jelly, you know what I'm saying? I mean, jelly all over the place, you know. I mean, I'm solid all through. Uh, that's a good point. Now, I... I played three sports growing up. I know a man Suds filming. He played a few sports. You play baseball. Everybody knows that. How did baseball make you a better football player? Um, it just really taught me to control what I can't control. Don't worry about what I can't. Um, you know, just keep going. Baseball is a game of failure. So, you know, every day, the, the only difference is you get to play a game the next day. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, football, you actually get to prep and, you know, get ready, get yourself ready for Sunday. So, I feel like... Out of that, I just take advantage of controlling what I could control. What do you have to say about an OG like Darren Fells? Yeah, OG, just like you said, it man, uh, a lot of knowledge, a lot of wisdom. Um, I pick his brain every day, and he makes me a better player and competing. Jordan told us yesterday the player in your room most likely to get fined is Kahale Waring. True or false? <laughs> uh, it's between Kahale and JT. <laughs> I get fined a lot myself. Though, so. You get fined? Yeah, man. What do you get fined for? We have a little system, you know, that goes into a pot for vacation. So, you know, coach be extra hard on Well, you're contributing to the pot. That's what Definitely. it is. You're not really getting fined. You know, there it is, 40 yards with peanut butter. Jordan Akins. Appreciate it, Jay. There you go. Nope, he's jelly. Got it wrong. Okay, so next up, let's hear from Rod Johnson. Roderick Johnson played left tackle on that opening drive the other night. So we want to listen to what he has to say with Drew Doherty as we get to know him. And Darren Fells was also part of that drive, had a catch early in the action. Let's hear more from Fells as we get to know your Texans a little bit better here on Texans All Access. The show that gets you inside NRG Stadium and gets you closer to your Houston Texans as we get closer to the season. The Texans play the Dallas Cowboys Saturday night, 6 o'clock. You can stream it on the app. You can watch it on ABC 13 and listen right here on Sports Radio 610 or on the app. So there's a lot of ways to get this thing. And don't forget, kickoff is at 6 o'clock Saturday night. Earlier start time. Rearrange your day. Get ready. Texans, Cowboys, it's going to be fun stuff. Speaking of fun stuff, what about Roderick Johnson? Fun to watch a player develop right before your very eyes. They picked him up at the outset of last season, and he was able to stick with the team, learn, and get better this offseason to the point where he started the game on Saturday night. Let's see if it continues this weekend. He's been getting a lot of reps at practice, and Drew Doherty went for a dirty dozen questions with Roderick Johnson. First things first, Roderick, do you have any nicknames? Rod, Big Rod. They call me A-Rod around here, Brother Rod. They got, yeah, I do. A-Rod, Brother Rod, Big Rod, and Rod. Why does Bill O'Brien call you A-Rod? I, that's the question you have to ask him. I mean, it started in my position room, I believe, and it just spread it all throughout the facility. I like it, though. Brother Rod is a good one. Who gave you that one? That came with the players. It actually came last year in our first year. It came somehow about, I don't know how that was. A, that was a player's name, though. Probably because of your disposition, right? Maybe, yep. maybe. Rod is a nickname. Let's rank the Rods and Rodericks, the famous Rod- Rodericks, okay? We got Roger Johnson, Rowdy Roddy Piper, 
Rod Stewart, Alex Rodriguez, A-Rod, and Rod Woodson. Give me the rankings there. That's tough. Roddy Piper's good. No, one A-Rod, Roddy Piper. Who else we got? Rod you got Stewart Rod Stewart. And Rod Woodson. So you're going to put them all four tied for one? No, tied for one, I think, T1, A-Rod, T2, Piper. Three is uh, Woodson and Stewart. All right. Four and Stewart. So you're going fifth. You're going to go with the, the humble course. route. Of course. I mean, that was, that was some great routes. A-Rod, they, they call me A-Rod because the number one A-Rod right there. I think that's that's the real A-Rod right there. Fair enough. Fair enough. I see you all the time in the off season in the cafeteria, always saying hello. I see the brother Rod. I, I understand that. What did you do this off season to improve by light years, as Bill O'Brien says? What, what's been different? Um, really, just the off season worked, honed in mentally, physically, and got my mind right for OTAs and just taking it day by day. So it was all in the weight room, all in the tape room, all that stuff. All of it, all of it. Weight room, physical therapy, all that film room, and all those things. Did anything? spur that change or I mean make that change or is it just kind of a natural progression I think it's just natural progression I mean like I, I'm pretty sure that I if I was the same person as I was last year then I would really would be dissatisfied myself but to see growth from myself within and to other people here that I'm being growing and seeing a different person from last year I must be doing something right what goes on your pizza when you have have your choice I like deluxe you know I like sausage green peppers and olives I can go with the specialty deluxe. What type of crust are we looking at? Depends. You know, sometimes if basic, if I'm feeling on edge, you know, it's Friday night, chilling, maybe go with the stuffed crust. But back at home in St. Louis, we got a place called Emo's that serves flatbread, and that's a pretty good spot. You brought up St. Louis. I was going to ask you about that. What is, other than family, what's one of the main things you miss the most about St. Louis? My friends. I mean, I talk to them almost every day or every other day. I miss those guys, and they rooting for me. You know, I'm rooting for them in their lives and their different paths. But my friends and family are the things that keep me going. So what are they saying to you when, I'm guessing a lot of them saw the game Saturday night? Yeah, they be seeing the game, and they say a good job, of course. The same things I hear around here, that they see a different player than I was last year in the FSU. So everybody's seeing growth. Everybody's seeing growth. You were on the Browns for a bit, so kind of nice seeing Darren Fells here. Kind of nice seeing Duke Johnson, I'm guessing, right? Body Calhoun as well. That's right, Brian Body Calhoun. Mm-hmm. What's it like when you have some of these guys that you went through some things with there, now here? Those guys have been in the league more than I have, so they, they already know the standard to survive in this league. And you know they came from the Browns with me, that we must be doing something good, and, uh, and I'm glad that the Houston Texans brought us in. All right, lightning round here. Best hair on the team is? It depends on who has a haircut. Sunil Calamente got some good hair. Sunil Calamente's a good one. Mm-hmm. All right, best dresser on the team? Four. Number four, Deshaun Watson. If you were not playing football right now, what would your career be? Hopefully I'd get a, a job on a security team on the team here, so I, won't, I can still be with football without football. So I hope I could travel with the security team. On. You want to be around the game. I like it. All right. One teammate who gets you amped up. Who doesn't get me amped? Zinio Calamente gets me amped. Titus Howard gets me amped. Marquis Secure gets me amped. One more. And uh, Greg Mance definitely comes yes, to juice. Titus Howard was described by Max Sharping as his loudest teammate. Does that ring a bell? Does that seem accurate? Titus was, uh, yeah, I think especially. He just heard him. Yeah, he's, he's pretty loud, but he's also, he's not real loud, but he's talking. You much of a talker? No, nah, not me. I'm, I talk when talk too. Who's the messiest of the Houston Texans? But Nardrick McKinney is the guy that gets named the most by his teammates. I can see, but he has a lot of, he has a lot of jump. He has like cleats and stuff like that. So he, he's, his, his locker is not really organized. I wouldn't call it a I wouldn't call him a messy person, but his locker is not organized. Roger Johnson, thank you so much for the time. Appreciate you taking time to answer questions with me. Thank you for having me. 
Drew Doherty with Roderick Johnson. Now, Darren Fells was also part of that opening drive the other night, the tight end, the veteran who played professional basketball. We've talked a bunch about him this offseason. DP City visited with him during the Xfinity one-on-one interview. Darren, great day of practice. This tight end group, is it as competitive as one you've ever seen? Uh, it definitely is one of the top uh, competitive groups I've ever been a part of. We have a lot of extremely athletic guys who can do a lot of everything, so it's pretty awesome to be part of that. You've got the two Jordans, Jordan Akins, Jordan Thomas. They both talked about how you've taken them under their wing. You're the old elder statesman, if you will. What... In the room. Yeah, that's what, that's what <laughs> I wasn't going to say grandpa. <laughs> What's it like working with those two? Um, it's, it's pretty awesome to be able to be like the dad in the room and try to mold them into a kind of player that you can see them to be. Um, like I said, they're both extremely athletic, have all the potential in the world, and being able to help them reach that a lot faster than a lot of guys uh, usually take because most of the time tight ends take about three years to completely develop. So trying to speed that process along is uh, pretty awesome to do. They've said it's definitely helped their progress with the tight end position. Uh, they do have nicknames for each other, Thunder, Lightning, Peanut Butter, and Jelly, but where do you fit into this equation? Do you insert yourself into their nicknames, or do they have a separate nickname no, for you? That, that's that's the young guy's uh, thing. I just <laughs> do my thing as a old dad and <laughs> just go from there. Duke Johnson was back at practice today. You had a little bit of experience playing with him at yeah. Cleveland. What's it like having a guy like him back here in Houston, and what do you know about him that maybe fans here don't know? Oh, it's, it's amazing having them out here. I mean, they, they talked to me uh, before they brought him in, saying that they wanted, they were thinking about bringing him in, and I thought that was the best choice they can do because he's extremely athletic. Uh, back out the backfield, he can do it all. He can catch, he can run the ball. So bringing him in, and also personality-wise, he's a great fit for the team. He, um, no ego there. He's going to come in, do his job, and help the team out as much as he can, and a huge weapon that we just added on offense. Did he talk to you much when he got here? Obviously, you're a familiar face. He knows a few other guys in, in the locker room as well, but how much did he connect with you? Oh, we, we talked right off the bat. His locker's uh, two away from mine, and we just started talking uh, about where to live and things to do out here and uh, how much I like the organization and everything like that. Did you give any tips on Houston so far? Um, I told him to leave his house early because the traffic is a lot worse than it is in Cleveland. Um, and then certain foods uh, when he's no longer on a diet to go and try. When he's no longer going to die, I like that. All right, you've been working with Deshaun Watson. Uh, you do a lot of things for this tight end group, but you catch passes as well. What's that chemistry like working with number four? Uh, it's pretty amazing. He's a great quarterback. He, his accuracy is on point. Um, he just tells you where he wants you to be, and you go there, and you know the ball is going to be exactly where he told you to, it's going to be. So being able to run routes and catch passes from a future great Hall of Famer that he possibly can be is, is pretty awesome. You worked with some number one overall picks in your in your yeah. career. Uh, are you impressed with where he is in, in year three? Yeah, in, in my opinion, he's definitely a, um, one of the top to, uh, quarterbacks out there right now. He His brilliance that he has on offense, the way he's able to pick up the offense quickly, pick up defenses, recognize them before anyone else can recognize them, it's, it's pretty, pretty cool. This seems like a fun point in camp you're heading into preseason week three it's a little bit of a dress rehearsal for the regular season do you view it any differently does anything change as far as you and your routine um routine wise no I mean I still do the same thing I don't know if it's because I'm getting older I need to do more rehab but uh, I've just been doing the same thing get my body ready um the main thing that changes is uh scouting the other team you're going to get ready in a different way when it comes to the mentality of going into that game uh, everything else is physically the same all right, we know you've played basketball. A lot of people have talked a bit to you about your European basketball days. So what I want to know is when you catch a touchdown for the Texans, have you thought about your celebration? A lot of guys do the basketball move, yeah. but that's been kind of done. So how are you going to change it up? Are you going to incorporate basketball? Um, I thought about that for a long time. You did? Yeah. Uh, 
I'm not not a huge celebrator. I'll go celebrate with my team. That's pretty much it. Yeah. We have time to think about it. Yeah, I've I've done one celebration in my whole seven years in the NFL, so I'll I'll think about what what to do next time. Keeping it classic. Yeah. Good stuff. Thank you so much, Derek. I know, thank you. Love hearing from all these Houston Texans as the season gets ever so closer. In less than three weeks, it's opening night against the New Orleans Saints, Monday Night Football, 6 o'clock kick. And did I mention 6 o'clock kick for the Cowboys as well this Saturday night? Yes, I did. Next up, Drew Doherty and John Harris. They're coming in here to record in the lab, the podcast, but I will ambush them. It's next. It's Texans Radio. We're back with Texans All Access here in the Hyundai Texans Radio studio. And, you know, I was here just doing a radio show, and John Harris and Drew Doherty come in. They want to do a podcast, and I'm thinking, we're on the air over here, all right, boys? So get on the air. Let's go. Let's saddle up, and then you guys can do the podcast later. Well, is that is that the price tag? Yeah, that's we the wanted, price tag. We, we want to. We need to do in the lab. You want studio time. You have to put in the time on the radio. Okay. See? That's how it works You're here. just doing your job. We're just doing our job, Mark. You sing for your supper around here. That's how it works. <laughs> well, I mean, you're sort of implying that we don't already. Is that what you're no, saying? No, I was just being traumatic for oh, the okay. effect of no, media. I, I get it. That's all. I get it. All right, so check this out. This time last year, right, and it's actually after this time last year because it was after preseason game number four, here are some players that the Texans picked up after that. They picked up on September 2nd. This is after the cuts. They claim Buddy Howell off waivers from the Dolphins. They claim Natrell Jamerson, who did play, from the New Orleans Saints. They claim A.J. Moore from the Patriots. Yes. Uh, A.J. Moore and Buddy Howell are two of your leading special teams tacklers. How about that? And they get him from the AFC East. And Joe Webb, they actually released him for some reason and signed him back to the active roster. I remember that. I remember that. Because I I panicked for a moment. You did. DeAndre Carter was not on your team this time last year. DeAndre Carter came came much later. So anybody putting together a 53-man roster, which I know people have done. uh, Sean Pendergast did a a great one for Houston Press. He Mm -hmm. broke it down. Right. You almost, and I've said this a few times, you, you almost have to start thinking about a 50 or a 51 man roster. Yeah. Of yeah, because you you you're going to have two or three that You'll get a couple of come them. from another team. Yeah. I mean, you've had, you've had success pulling in guys off waiver claims. I mean, Damaris Johnson in 2014. Right. You've had uh, this last year's class, I mean, two of those three. We saw Jamerson up with Green Bay um, with the Packers in, uh, in the joint practices. You've had some success with the waiver claims. So I would imagine. At a minimum, one, but I would imagine two, maybe three. Yeah, well, it depends because I think they like their special teamers now right. a lot better this year than which they did at this one. time last year, right. which is why they, they made those acquisitions. But you're right. Maybe somebody does pop onto the radar that we're not even thinking of. And guess what? There's no way we can think of them right now. Who's going to get cut? Who this team might possibly pick up? If you had Buddy Howell, A.J. Moore, and Detrell Jamerson last year, congratulations. Okay, I'll throw one at you Okay, and, and see. Because because I, I was actually thinking about this. I was driving in this morning, and I was listening to I was listening to Sean and Seth, and they brought up McCon- Derek Carr. Yeah. And, you know, passing on. They were, they, it went from Garoppolo to Carr, and the Texans passing on both of them in 2014, and they passed on Carr. And I, as I sat there, I was like, well, you didn't have the greatest experience with Derek's brother. So yeah, that's a non-starter for me. Right. And I love Derek. You know that. But because A.J. Moore had a ton of success, 
Do you look at his twin, C.J. Moore, if he gets released from the Lions? It's interesting you say that because I was talking with one of our buddies, Tori Petri, last week during yep. practice when they were here, and they were saying, that, hey, this guy's kind of flashed a little bit. He's done some nice things on special teams and sounds a hell of a lot like what we've heard about his brother. Right Now, he was a year behind. They're twins, mm-hmm. but his brother is a year ahead of him because C.J. stayed back at Ole Miss for a red shirt right. after a red shirt injury year. So. Yeah, they're very similar players. They can kind of do the same things defensively. They're both, you know, defensive backs. Right. I think AJ probably more of a safety, CJ more of a corner, but they kind of do both in right. college at least. And yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. So keep your eyes on Lions mm-hmm. around September one or two. Keep your eyes on Packers. Packers. I thought you were going to say for a moment that they're twins, but they were born a year apart, which only happens in Ireland usually. (laughs) So not Irish twins, identical twins. Identical twins. twins. The only way you can tell them apart, and I saw them in the hallway. CJ's got a bald head now, but I, I was I was watching the Lions warm up, and I was I was like, oh yeah, CJ's out there. Which one's CJ? And I looked out there. And I swear to you, body type, everything was the exact same as AJ. And I like picked him out. I talk, I went to AJ and I was like, "Is this the first time that you all have been on opposite sidelines? Because they played together in high school, then they went to Old Miss together." I said, yeah, "Obviously, AJ was here and CJ was still at Old Miss, but is this the first time y'all have been on opposite sidelines?" He goes, first time, first time ever." I was like, "Weird." He goes, "Oh yeah, it's weird." So see, that that would be one guy just because you have that connection and you know what AJ did. So I'd imagine if CJ's out there, they I, I would I would imagine they're th- at least thinking about it. Sure, it makes from sense from that perspective. And it I'll makes wrap sense. I'll wrap up the more twins uh, little discussion here with this. I was interviewing AJ back in May about having a twin brother. Da 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 da. He's like, yeah, we got some twin moments. And I was like, well, what is a twin moment? And he said, you know what? I had one just a, a week or two ago because I was listening to a song in the morning, and then later in the day, I saw my brother had signed with the Lions, so I gave him a call, and we were just talking and middle of the conversation he just starts singing that song that i had been singing that morning and he said i was like bro did i sing that to you sometime and he's like no no i just started singing it so that was a twin moment that's a twin moment all right and the name of that song is freestyle by little baby there you go <laughs> in top 40 you'll be back in a moment so yeah freestyle by little baby was the uh, wait song. but you are the father of twins <laughs> yeah right. yeah i got boy girl twins, and i know so this I know this, not only because I know this, but also Kevin Kugler did mention that yep. in the broadcast yep. on Saturday night on ABC 13. And by the way, this Saturday night, 6 o'clock with the Texans and the six Cowboys. 6 o'clock, Mark. 6, six. o'clock. Not 7 o'clock. 6. 6, six o'clock. Remember. Six. Remember. Everybody. You, you're telling everybody, right? I'm telling everybody, Johnny. I've right. been telling them you a told whole us, show. So My brother-in-law, he came over for dinner last night and as he was leaving. He's like, oh, <laughs> you guys plan on Saturday? I was like, yeah, 6 o'clock, though, not 7. He's like, oh, got it, got it. So, yeah, Mike Montalbano It's freakout time. It's earlier. Uh-huh. But to your point about waiver claim, you're right, Lions and Packers. I actually in my notebook have the numbers of a couple of the, the numbers of a couple of Packers, names of a couple of Packers that were like these guys are kind of interesting. I wouldn't. And you watch the tail end of drills because that's when you're seeing the threes Ooh. and you're seeing you know the fourth quarter. That's when you're seeing guys that you go okay, which guys might might be out there that okay, what's the depth of this position? And there's a Packers corner that I, I really liked. So I, those two those two spots because you got advanced look, you got you got two practices in a game look that you're not going to get at other you know other players throughout the league. Mm-hmm. So that's where I I mean I would I would imagine that's where they start. But your 53 man roster as you're putting them together, it should probably be a 51 or 50 man roster. It's a good point you bring up, and we've heard about this all through the years since O'Brien took over, even before that. The, one of the the benefits of practicing against a team in training camp is your scouts 
get up close looks at these guys. So, like clockwork, you know, last Wednesday, first practice, at one point you see some guy in Lions gear who is clearly not a coach. And we can, like, we can kind of identify these guys. Okay, that guy's yeah. a player, that guy's a coach, that right. guy's a scout. This guy was a scout. He was coming and checking it out. So, conversely, you might see some Texans right. wind oh, up in absolutely. the north. I saw Matt you know? Bazargan and James Lipford on field three that's looking over the Lions warming jobs. up. Yes. Yeah, they're yeah. scouring. Exactly. That, that's, I mean, before the game, before the game starts, that's that's what they're doing. They're down on that far end, and and that's the thing. They're not alone. Every every team does that, but they're on that far end, and they're watching the other team warm up and just taking notes on things in in warm ups. Yep. And it doesn't matter Pre- preseason game, regular season game, playoff game. They're down there watching e- watching everything, and that's that's why I kind of get a burr up my saddle when I hear you know you know fans or people out there that just are not really. Don't really understand that, and they're talking about. Well, the Texans are asleep at the wheel. Listen, when it comes to pro scouting, college scouting obviously is going on right now. All our guys are around the country, but when it comes to pro scouting, they're uh, Rob Kissel and his guys are always, always on top of it. Every team no, has an army every, of scouts. Yes. Yeah, and every you, team. They're you, always just because you don't hear about it doesn't mean it's not going on. It's like the duck. You see the duck on the water on top. Like doesn't look like anything's going on. Duck just kind of float through water, but down below. Pfft, Feet are flying a million miles a minute. And you talk Always. how they're writing down everything. They're writing down everything. How these guys move. Right. How these guys look. look. How they're interacting with their teammates. Right. The stuff they're saying. I mean, it's it's an all-encompassing view of these guys. They want to yep. get as much information down on them so that they can relay it no back doubt. to you know, the rest I, of the squad. I always think this way. In the NFL, you make plays with stars, but you win with the middle class. You know, The middle class of those players that we don't talk about much. And I was just reading off some of those transactions. And by the way... If I look at the Texans' transactions, I've got the whole list up here from last year. They made a ton of transactions in October and November and December and things you don't even think about anymore. Yep. You don't even think about these things. Some of these things are guys from the practice squad up to the active roster or Demarius Thomas is on the list and Sammy Coates was waived from the roster at one point. You know, just things like that that you forget about as they shape that roster. These players mean a big difference in winning and losing. You know, Bill O'Brien was asked about the running back situation yesterday. Duke Johnson, when's he coming back? He was back today. That was great. But he said, hey, Taiwan Jones tackled a guy at the 13-yard line on Saturday night on special teams, and don't think that that's lost on them. They yeah. know that. He's a special teams veteran who can make plays like that. Think about how big it would be to tackle a Saint on the 13-yard line to start the game Monday Night Football instead of them getting it at the 25, subtract 12 from that baseline, and now I'm not saying it means all the difference in the world, but average drive start is a huge stat. You won 11 games last year, largely because your quarterback was great and, and dynamic, but what else happened? Your special teams coverage units went from being one of the worst, 31st, 32nd in some categories, to being the best or the second or third in the NFL. I mean, you just brought up the hidden stats, the the, the start drives. They pushed teams back. Teams were starting further back than they had in previous years, really for the last decade, mm-hmm. you know, give or take. I mean, that was a huge, huge reason that you're able to eke out some of those wins last year and get that nine-game winning streak. I think, I think also one of the things, to, to Drew's point, you talk about the players that – if you think about the players that were on special teams and made up a, the core four special teams last year, there's a common thread amongst all of them. Johnson Batamosi. Brennan Scarlett, you know Dylan Cole when Dylan was healthy, AJ Moore, Joe Webb, um, Peter Kellenbaye, these guys, and there there are a couple starters sprinkled in on certain things, but 
it didn't matter to those guys that they were going on as special teams. Like, they took a ton of pride in that last year. Like, you could see it in the huddle. Johnson Batamosi and A.J. Moore are chasing each other down the field on touchbacks to see who's going to get to the goal line fast enough. Like, that's, mm. that, was their, that was their game. They didn't play any downs at corner or at safety for either one. Now, that might change this year. A.J. might see some time at safety, and, and Johnson might see some time at corner. Oh, Buddy Howell is another one. Those guys knew what their role was. And was the Rock, know your role. Like, they knew their role. Yeah. And and Bill O'Brien talked about that a lot. Guys that fly down on special teams, they've got to know what their role is, but they also have to understand the impact of that. And they found guys that were talented on special teams but also understood the value of special teams and that they could go down and dominate on special teams, and they did. You're right. They did know the role. And even further, they embraced yeah, that role. Because some guys, they're like, just going to bide my time, right. and I'm going to get on defense, or I'm going to get on. Right. They embrace the role and really live that special teams uh, ethos. And now that I, I, I watch for that, like mm-hmm. I watch for that in, in practice and joint practices and games. Like I see, I, I try and look for guys. Like when it's special teams time, like if a guy kind of grabs his his beanie a little bit, like oh man, I got to. You don't <laughs> ever, you don't ever like BBC Brian Body Calhoun. You never see that guy. Take a beanie, like, oh, man, i got to go. And that guy's been in the league for five years or whatever. He knows that's how he's staying. No or one doubt. of the ways. I, no question. I mean, he's a guy I could absolutely see him be part of that special teams mix. Sure. And, like, being the guy that kind of stokes the fire. Like, I'm watching field goal today, and he's out on the edge on field goal. And the job for that guy is if you're not going to block the kick, then you just basically kind of – go off to the side and just make sure the kick is made. It's practice. Most of the time, guys just stand up, their chin straps are on, and they just yeah. like kind of – he goes through every single motion like he's playing the Super Bowl. It's kind of it's kind of fascinating to watch him do that. But those guys – now, Brian Bada Calhoun was not a waiver claim, but I could see him being in that group and taking as much pride as those guys do and going on special teams. Well, I think today's practice was interesting. Oh, by the way, one more note on that. Davin Bellamy, I talked to him yesterday. Yeah. You heard it on the show last night, and he talked about the attention to detail with Brad Seeley. And I was talking to Jack Easterby about this uh, in the offseason and the way Seeley coaches. And Hell, it showed. I, I mean, look, look how much better they your were. Your toenail is in yeah. the wrong position. Right. I mean, it's very fine-tuning, and that wall they have, the virtual reality wall, whatever yeah. you want to call it, the walkthrough wall, that's really helping out with special teams as well as far as prep goes. Let's see what it does in the regular season for them. What about practice today? You know, I saw Amari Cooper having a big day of practice. And, <laughs> what? Well, because they're doing some regular season stuff today with the guys yeah. wearing the scout team, the look team jerseys, and I thought that was pretty cool. That means we're getting all so closer. Well, there's there's a difference between a training camp practice and a regular season practice. I know some people go like, duh. But then you think about it, go, well, wait a second. A lot of people don't know. Different? You, you, you go through a bunch of scout team stuff, so you put jerseys of the players that you're going to face. So the guys get used to seeing number 19 out wide, Amari Cooper, number 13, Michael Gallup, 82, Jason Witten. So they get used to seeing that, like, oh, this guy's lined up over here. We're going to adjust our defense. You know, That's what you do during the regular season. But it's a great trial run to do it and get ready for, for Dallas this week. Now, they won't, they won't spend as much time game planning, but they're going to get their five to seven best plays and work on those and kind of go through – what a regular season practice is like. What I liked about it was the fact that when you have 90 guys doing that and there's change, it was, the pace of practice was flying today. They were in pads, but it wasn't 
a heavily physical practice. But, man, the pace when you're changing, like, okay, defense is scout for offense. Offense is running their stuff against the Cowboys' defense. And then, boom, changeover. Now the defense – now it's our defense against the Cowboys' offense. And it's – guys are coming in and out. And there didn't seem to be any hiccups at all. If you tried to run that practice in college or high school, it would be a cluster you-know-what. Oh, you see how it slow it is. It would be a nightmare. It would be a nightmare. They didn't once have to ask for, hey, I need this guy or, hey, I need that It was – it was phenomenal to watch the pace of practice. Mark, you said number 19, Amari Cooper. Are you sure you didn't mean number 19, Ted Ginn? Ted Ginn? <laughs> Ooh. What? Ooh, I see what he's saying. I know exactly saying. what he's saying. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Were they prepping for the no, Cowboys? No, 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 because I saw all the, the Cowboys well, numbers. Was, I'll tell you this. Here's your, here's, your, uh, here's your tell. Did you see number 41 out there? No, and, the, and you would have. I didn't because see Zeke's number. Yeah, he ain't there. I know. So Cooper's you, hurt, so I don't know how much we'll end up seeing him. But I think they were just prepping as if. Yeah. Although, why not have Zeke's number? I don't know. But I saw Jalen Smith, and I saw... Leighton Van Der Esch. Van Der Esch's number. And Which Witten's Van Der Esch number. means Who was what? playing Witten today? Who was portraying Witten? Uh, I saw, Jordan Thomas was, I think, All right, so bit. Jordan Thomas uh, might want to go in the booth on Monday Night Football. Because I was watching <laughs> last Thomas night... Jordan Thomas in the booth would be I think good. he'd do a good job. <laughs> he'd be awesome. Because last night... <laughs> he'd be awesome. Last night, I was actually missing Witten a little bit on that broadcast. Only be... Not Witten specifically, but a third guy. You, I, I think that... You can't you know go with I, those two. You know how I feel. I texted you the other day. But yeah, I, when I, I was think watching it's tough. The game the other You're day, spoiled by like, Don Meredith and Cosell. Well, I, Gifford. you know, yeah. but no, that was Dennis such Miller, a great just kidding. fit, though. But that was such like a great Dennis fit Miller. because Cosell was polarizing. Meredith was he was dandied on, and Pop then Gifford, bubble, yeah, yeah, and then Gifford was you know a solid play by play guy. But it was just one of those groups that fit so well. Some reason, somehow, it just. It just fit It was together. also another era of television, yeah, but it was great. True. All right, thanks a lot, guys. That's going to do it for the show tonight. Thanks for listening. And tomorrow, back on 6 o'clock with Johnny. We'll recap practice, get you ready for the Cowboys. Saturday night's game is at 6 p.m. Don't forget. Have a great night, everyone, and go Texans.